Warning, Rep Your Set may contain explicit content not suitable for kids. All content is intended for entertainment purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. What up, everybody? Welcome to Rep Your Set with the Pistol Whips. We are here to talk about art, entertainment, going deep into what it takes to be committed to your craft, the sacrifices that it takes uh, for everyone who has a passion and a goal in pursuing art and entertainment. Today I'm joined with Pete Kehoe, my co-host. Yes. What is up, brother? Not much. Podcasting. So Will Will Love couldn't join us today. He had uh, something else to do. Um, but I think we should take this time to dive a little bit deeper into who is Pete Kehoe. <laughs> And I'm going to say what I know of you because it's all I know is that you are regarded as, you know, I don't know, the guild, part of the guild of like singer songwriters locally that have been pursuing a career in music and you haven't stopped and you haven't stopped. And I, didn't even know how much you were involved in music and all of the, you know, accolades that you've gotten. Uh, is there a Grammy or is it an Emmy? It's an Emmy. It's an Emmy. I'm looking at a box right now with a fucking picture of an Emmy on it. That's where he keeps his Emmy <laughs> in the basement where we're at right now. So Pikio has a fucking Emmy in here. Let's talk about the Emmy. Well, how'd you get the Emmy? That was, uh, uh, Michelle Chenard, uh, came to me um she uh knew a guy a producer at tv9 at 10 they were doing a documentary and Wait, is it Corey? it's Corey atkins okay. yeah and shout that's out to I, Corey atkins shout man. out to Corey, man he's a good dude man he's given me a lot of good press too mm-hmm. you know they did a couple of pieces on me over in the last 10 years on 9 and 10 which was really nice of him and he's a great dude and a big music fan and mm-hmm. uh and he got a hold of michelle and i guess didn't really know that I've done a lot of recording and composition, you know, for, for film and, you know, jingles and all kinds of, all kinds of shit. Yeah. And, uh, and so he contacted her and she said, Hey, uh, how'd you like to work on this project? And I said, yeah, sure. It was on, it was called Sacrifice and Honor. It was about, uh, Northern Michigan vets that were at that time, this is eight years ago, I think, uh, that, you know, were, uh, coming back from like, you know, Afghanistan and, you know, there's a lot of stories there, but you know, a lot of people come back really fucked up and, and, and it was, it was a good tribute to local people in the service that hadn't had any, you know, they don't get, you know, they don't get their trumpet blown by a lot of people, you know, I mean, they, they come home and they try to reassimilate into a normal life after being in a horrific situation. And anyway, it was a cool piece and it was really nice. Yeah. And after, you know, like reprogramming who you are and then having to come back and, and people be like, all right, you're here. Yeah. (laughs) You, you good. Yeah. All right. Hey, you got to go pick up the kids from the, have a Slurpee. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's crazy to think about me. So anyway, that, that piece won, uh, won an Emmy. It was a, a Michigan Emmy. And I, did, I, I guess Corey told me that it was up up for an award, and I kind of was like, you know, whatever. You didn't go? No. 
Oh, man. Yeah. So he did, though, of course, and his wife, Stephanie, you know, and, you know, Corey in a tux and all of that. And uh, Hell yeah. And so, yeah, so he, he called me up and said, hey, man, we won the Emmy. I was like, he said, I have a trophy for you. And I was like, you're shitting me. I, you, I, you have a trophy with my name on it, an Emmy, really? And oh he's God. like, yeah. So, so I met him at the City Park Grill. And we, had a couple, we had a couple of drinks. Yeah. And I sat with that thing in my lap just looking at it, just like unbelievable. Did you put it on the fucking bar? Did you just uh, set it there so everybody could see it or what? I mean, uh, no. Were, were, you, were you bragging? Were you telling people about uh, it or what? No, that's not my style. No, okay. You know. That's good. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Uh, but it was cool. And actually, uh, she is working with Corey right now on another documentary. Michelle? Yeah. Okay. Not with me. That's Michelle Chenard, by the way, if I didn't say who it was. I think you did, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope to be able to work with him on some stuff in the future, you know. Um, he's got, I don't know how many Emmys he's got. He's got like seven or eight. Wow. Yeah. Man. So. Yeah, I... Um... I worked with Corey when I was in Hips and Rico and he, uh, he approached Chuck Woodoff and um, was like, we want to get you guys uh, at Cafe Sante at like five in the morning Ooh. and we want you to play a bunch of Christmas songs. <laughs> and we were like, fuck yes. So we, we did, um, wow. we did Let It Snow. Chuck did a blues, um, uh, like, um. Oh, Christmas time, pretty baby. Oh, yeah, nice. it's Christmas time, pretty baby, and he fucking killed it. Oh, obviously, I bet. yeah. And we did that. We did Let It Snow. We did Jingle Bell Rock. Nice. And we ended with Long December. Oh, because to me, one of my favorite songs. I of, played yes. it last night, man. I love that song, and to me, that's a Christmas song. Yep. And me it's too. The saddest Christmas song. It is. And I love. I love. Oh my god. Yep. Such a great recording, even like just everything about it. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like from that and, and what we, you know, at that point, Hips and Rico, we, um, we gave every CD away for free. That was like, that became kind of a niche. And that only started because we couldn't sell our fucking CDs. (laughs) So I literally (laughs) was going around to gigs to everyone that I saw engaged with us. And I would walk up to them on set break and be like, Hey, how's it going? You want a CD? And they'd be like, Oh no, I'm good. It's free. Just take it because no one was taking them and they were like oh okay well here's five bucks and i was like oh okay well thank you very much appreciate that and that's just how we ended up operating and that is i think is actually how we got the gig for nine and ten because i think Corey saw us at in a, a show and we gave him a cd we're like here it's free and he's like we were like, we just give them away, man. Like, we just want people to have our music. That got us in with him. And then, and I could be wrong exactly on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how that worked. And when we were at Cafe Sante live, they were like, you know, the pistol, or not the pistol, Hips and Rico, their thing is that they always give away their music for free. And if you want to come down to Sante right now, you can get a free CD. And they weren't even open yet. And people were coming down from seeing it on TV and getting free CDs. We ended up doing, I think, two or three more um, performances on TV through Corey, though. And that was when he, 
he needed s- shoulder surgery. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. And he was carrying those heavy ass cameras, oh, and he was like in pain from however many years of broadcasting and and just working a camera. Yep, he had to have like a major surgery, and uh, yeah, man. But yeah, that dude was super cool. I, I haven't seen him in a long time, but yeah. Um, I mean, that's a huge way to to market yourself as a band locally. Oh to, yeah, to have someone be like hey let's put you on live tv even if it's just local man like we had so many new fans and followers because they came down and got a cd or they came to another gig and we're like dude i saw you play long december can you do it and i'd be like nah it's not december (laughs) (laughs) and honestly uh i forgot how to play it but um at that time anyway yeah but um i don't know man um Tell me more about yourself, my my dude. Rep your <laughs> set. Tell me to, about your set. Like, um, what are you, what are your what were what was your influences when you were young, man? Like, what were you? What inspired you to pick up an instrument? Did you have any family that played, or was it all? Oh, just... my whole family, pretty much. Both of my grandmothers were piano teachers. Uh, my grandma on my mom's side was a uh, church choir director and organist. My mom was a piano teacher, uh, music teacher. You know, I had her when I was in like elementary school, you know, and uh, she was a church choir director and church organist. And my dad played alto sax nice, uh, and played part time in a big band when he was going to University of Michigan. And uh, so <clears throat> really what got me into it actually was my uncle's um we, I grew up in Gladwin, Michigan, which is like 45 minutes from Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. And my uncles went to school at Central and lived with us in our basement for free, basically, because it was, they were from like uh, the Thumb area, north of Detroit. And they came over uh, and lived with us in, you know, because it was free, basically. So they lived in our basement and they were hippies <laughs> and, you know, dope smoking hippies. And uh, they had, Big record collections and yeah. a really nice stereo, and yep. they had you know Rolling Stone magazines all over the place. You know, found a Roach clip. You know, figured out what that was for, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty much it. I used to get you know you see that scene in uh, the movie Almost Famous, where the the kid gets all the albums that his, his sister leaves home because yeah. she doesn't get along with her Zoe, mom. Zoe Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great One movie. Day. You will be cool. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm still not cool, but uh, I am a musician because you are of those fucking guys. cool, man. What are you talking? Well, about? you're you're very kind, but <laughs> I am exactly who I am because of those records that they gave me. As what a were kid. some of those records? Uh, they really were all across the board. My uncles liked every, Frank Zappa, which is really funny nice. because uh, I don't know anybody who's ever heard me play would never think, oh, Zappa was a big influence on this guy. Right. You know, yeah. huge influence. Well, uh, I mean, piano wise, <coughs> I mean like, and, and just music theory wise in general. I think arrangement wise. Right. Yeah. You know, all the wacky instruments that he had yeah. going on, you know, I've got a basement full of that shit. You, know? you do? I mean, I do. I have orchestra bells. I have Dude, an accordion. Pete's basement is this shit. I have. It's got an Emmy. It's got. <laughs> it's got so many cool instruments. Uh, they're not worth much, most of them, but they're just different. You know, I've got a bazooki. Well, what you can do with them makes them worth you know, something. Well, that's true. I mean, that's the value, I guess, in any instrument. But um, those guys were really what got me going. 
And I used to noodle on my, my Uncle John had an old Gibson uh, hollow body electric guitar that he never had an amp for, but he had the guitar. And I used to play that. I could, I could figure out, I had piano lessons starting when I was third grade. And by about fifth grade, I was starting to figure out how to play like melodies at one string. So you started with piano. Yep. And then went to guitar. Yep. Which is weird because I feel like so many people around here know you for guitar. That's true. Right? Because when I tell people like, oh, Pete Kehoe is in, is in the Pistol Whips. And they're <clears> like, is he playing acoustic guitar? Right, <laughs> like, I know. I'm like, no. nah, he's pretty fucking good at piano. Like, I have so many people come up and say, I never knew you played piano at all. You know? First instrument, though. Yeah. Yep. How old? Third grade. Eight. Oh, third grade. Okay. Wow. And then picked up guitar when I was 10. I got my first guitar when I was in fifth grade. It was a Sears Silvertone. Nice. Yeah. Did it come with the the case that had the amp in it? It wasn't the electric. It was the acoustic Silvertone. Okay. And it played like a shovel. It was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like almost like a cardboard body. I mean, it was just a piece of junk. <laughs> and my next door neighbor, Lori Rusak, got the same guitar the same Christmas, but hers had a decent action on it. Like the action on mine was like an inch off of the fretboard, right? And yeah. like hers played great. And I tried to get her, she never learned how to play the thing. And I was so fucking mad. I tried to get her to trade guitars with me like for two years. And finally, I ended up getting like a decent guitar. Uh, for Christmas, like a couple years later, and it was a Yamaha classical guitar, oh, and that's nice. that's really where I learned a lot of stuff. Well, so. listening to you play, you're, you're really good at <coughs> finger picking. Oh, thanks, man. That's I mean, that's something I've always tried to get good at. But like the the, the video you showed me uh, with your oh my granddaughter, yeah, your granddaughters, yeah. um, and you were playing. What was it? I can't even think of it now. It was a cover. Oh, Blackbird, maybe. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Blackbird. Yeah. Or here comes the sun. No, it was Blackbird, I think. But like, I don't know. the The picking on it was effortless. Like watching it and watching your hands, it was like so smooth. And I'm not someone that can finger pick. I'm like, you know, put my fingers into a you know little brick and then hit them <laughs> as hard as I can. But like, um, so I mean, do you think that that comes from getting that classical guitar? That that part of it. Um... Also, I mean, I was listening to, I mean, I was listening to everything, uh, progressive rock stuff like Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer and King Crimson. And I, and I was, and then on the other hand, I was listening to, I mean, my uncles had really wide taste in music, uh, Rod Stewart and the Faces to like, uh, Cat Stevens and like even John Denver and like, you know, John Denver, there's a lot of finger picking, Cat yeah. Stevens, uh, Jethro Tull stuff, you know, uh, acoustic guitar was really, there was, a, there was a lot of good acoustic guitar stuff that I got uh, exposed to at, a, at an early age. And so I just figured out how to finger pick from listening, you know, just, I guess, and watching people too. You know, there were a couple of older guys uh, in my hometown that I definitely stole some stuff. John Kelly is one of them. John, if you're ever listening. He also was a French horn player, and I took up French horn at the, the same year that I started playing guitar, too. So. Wow. So piano, guitar, French horn. Yep. What, let's list all the instruments Pete Kehoe can play. Oh, geez. Not well, <laughs> just can play a couple of notes well, on Well, that's a matter of opinion. Well, I, I played 
I started playing bass, upright bass, and I have one up in my living room. You sure do. Uh, I actually played it on our recording of Time in a Bottle. Hell yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact. Uh, I started playing upright bass in my high school jazz band um, when I was, I guess I would have been 14. So, and I just figured that out, basically. I had my band, my band director at the time kind of told me, basically how to do it i'm like i he knew i could play f- stringed instrument you know mm-hmm. so uh so i learned how to play that and and then electric guitar you know i bought my first one in high school started you know learning that kind of style i guess or that kind of playing guitar playing what else i play a little harmonica uh I can play a recorder i can play like a <laughs> scale on a saxophone or a clarinet okay. or a flute uh, but as far as, you know, primary, oh, mandolin, picked up mandolin too. And I have, you know, I've got a mountain dulcimer. I've got a banjo. I can kind of play those things. No uh, Emmys for those, but no you have Emmys them. for those. Uh, I did play banjo on the one track that you, you did drums on. It was the, oh Pata- my God. the Petoskey yeah. chamber, uh, uh, jingle two years ago. Uh, I love this town. Yeah. 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 That was cool. So like that was, um, that was the first time I had come here. On the farmer foot drums. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, okay. Shout but out I, to Pete Farmer. Yeah. Shout out to Pete Farmer. But so, so yeah. So, you know, Pete and I had ran into each other a few times. Um, I had, I've always known who Pete was, always respected him, looked up to him. And vice versa. And well, and for me, it's very different, you know, because I'm, a, I'm younger and I kind of don't know as many people as you. And for you to be like, yo, what's up, dude? Like, yeah, I, I've heard of you. I was like, oh, shit. Like, Pete Kehoe knows who I am. Like, yeah. And and so he's like, Pete's like, yeah, I'm working on this song with Michelle Chenard. It's for the, you know, through the city. And uh, I want you to come and play Farmer Foot Drums on it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And I'm thinking, like, I'm going to play guitar along with the farmer foot drum or bass or anything. And so I'm, I'm expecting to like learn a song and you're like, I just need you to play drums, man. And I really want to record these drums. So I sat um, and played drum f- farmer foot drums with no guitar. Um, and then I think I asked you. It had you, to have been weird for you because you always have something else. You're either singing or playing guitar or bass or, or all of the above. Well, know? it's fun because I can just really focus on the drums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where when I'm doing the normal thing, it's like there's areas within a song that I have to not pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And I just go on autopilot for, okay, I'm doing a fill here, autopilot on guitar, shut that part down, fill, go back, vocal, breath, guitar, drum. Like, so it's just like a operating system. I'd love to see a brain scan of you while you're doing that. That would be, that would be super cool. That would be super cool. I'd love to know what the fuck is happening in there (laughs) uh, at any time. Yeah. A lot of people (laughs) Can I just get a brain scan in general? (laughs) Um, But yeah. And like, yeah. So we came over or I came over and set up the drums, but I felt so weird. I'm like, do you got like a cymbal and a stick I can bang on or something. So I and feel I like I'm playing a drum set. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that song turned out cool. I think I told you that it was, I was like, this is pretty cheesy, right? It was. And you were like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, well, no, like that's. It's kind of supposed to be. Exactly. And that's what I meant. Like we're on the same page. <clears throat> like this is supposed to be cheese. Like, because yeah. if you can write something for people, for the masses or for uh, you know, like an ad, you know, like an ad or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you got to tap into the cheese. 
tap into the cheese and that's how you know it's going to be at least like acceptable for a broad kind of audience you know and that's what i meant by that by the way oh no that's fine because like because like i'll be like if i'm working on something with someone i'm like wait do we want this to be cheesy yeah you say the word and i'll fucking cheese turn up the cheese man dude i'll gouda all over this (laughs) i'll fucking the cheddar is better cheddar is better if you yeah, that yeah. Way, you were perfect for it. I didn't need a busy drum. I just needed a gro- a good groove. It was busy though for a minute because I was really trying to show off for you, and you were like, "That's good, maybe a little less busy." Yeah. And I was like, oh, "Okay." Yeah, which is you are the best at just at grooving great pocket grooves, and that's I I've always loved that about you. Thanks. Uh, really. <clears throat> uh, when you were playing with Chuck, uh, I, that was the first time I think I ever saw you really play the two of you guys at Boyne Mountain. Yeah, I that think. was at the Snowflake. There that was, was uh, yeah. So, and you, ca- like, and you came in and you were like looking at the drums and you were like, oh, wow. Yeah. What's up, man? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, shit, Pete Keogh. Yeah. Oh, and the guys in my band too, because I think our, our band was loaded. Yeah, it, it was, a, yeah, it was Mac Daddy. It was a Friday. And you guys were, st- I think the guys were staying at that. The hotel room that's like right outside the door. Exactly, even. right around the corner. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. Yeah, so I just yeah, you were perfect for that that commercial spot, you know. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, Johnny Walker's in that video, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Isn't actually Johnny... my dog? My dog's in the video too. Yeah, Ava's in the video. How can people see this video <clears throat> if they want to? Uh, I think it's still on the Petoskey Chamber of Commerce, uh, the PRCC website. Petoskey Regional Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Uh, I don't know what maybe the... Maybe when we figure out how to do all this, we'll put like a link. Yeah. Or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Seeing as this is the first podcast. This is the first podcast. Yeah. yeah this is true. First of many. Yeah. And, yeah. well, <laughs> famous last words, right? Well... No, no. <laughs> and the plan is to have, uh, we haven't announced this, but to have uh, local guest artists and musicians too join us, you know? Absolutely. A lot of people. We're going to get a lot of people in here and give them uh, a chance to tell their story and, you know, rep their set, you know? Exactly, man. And, uh, which is great. You know, there's so much talent in this area, you know, we're lucky. There's a lot of really good musicians in this little area, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there there really is, man. And, and it's hard here because of, you know, of the area. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's great, but it's also hard to have an actual music scene i i can't even tell you what a like a quote-unquote real music scene uh is like you know what i mean like because i have no perspective of like a bigger city detroit scene or you know i mean i live down there i tried to get into i tried to get into a few (laughs) really oh man really bad bands and I'm, i'm glad that those did not work out but i mean my experience is all up here and it feels kind of like, man, there needs to be some other, you know, some other shit going on and, and, you know, getting people out and getting voices heard. And, and that's what this shit's all about, man. And I, sorry, I'm turning away for the mic. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people, uh, that deserve to have their horn blown, uh, that, Hell yeah. People don't necessarily know about, you know, there's a lot of singer songwriters in this area that 
are pretty talented, man. Dude, there's a lot of young people coming up yes. that are fucking great. True. Um, is it Liz Thorpe? Liz, yep. Is that is that her last Piano? name? Piano, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. I I've I've only talked to her like once or twice, and and but whenever I see her, I always want to say hi. But she's also so much younger. I feel like I, I don't want to be the creepy guy, <clears throat> but I'm always I always want to be like, dude, you're the shit. Like you're so good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've, I saw her play at an open mic and she was playing an original song on piano and it was fucking great. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, dude. And uh, Laura, uh, or is it? Laura? Oh yeah. What's her last uh, name? Uh, oh, this is terrible. Fulford. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She is great. I've seen her with Charlie Millard over at Beards, uh, yeah. the open mic. And they did a, oh man, I'm really bad at this, but they did a rendition, I think of... Was it Greece? It could have been. They did some fucking crazy ass song and they just made it so cool and so original. She had a series of videos that she was posting on social media. I haven't seen her do it. I think she's I think she's in college. I think she's out of the area right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I know she's coming back for the holidays, but she did a series of videos that she recorded literally in her bathroom with uh, a couple of couple of kids that uh, from Indian River playing uh, uh, instruments uh, playing stringed instruments. One, I think the one kid played violin, and the other one was playing either banjo or maybe it was a bass. Uh, recorded literally in in a bathroom, and they were Some cool of the best covers. Recordings, I right? know, man. We've used Dominic's yeah. bathroom, uh, and anyway, she had a series of videos. We should look into those and uh, yeah, and uh, throw some links up uh, because they're they're really well done, and she's got a really. She's got a great sense of humor too. She's very deadpan, funny, dry, super dry. That's cool. I haven't actually got to see like a like a long performance of hers. I've just seen her uh, at open mics with Charlie. Right. And uh, but they sang really good together. Yeah. Oh, I bet they were really good. Yeah, the one that he used to host at Beards at the old Beards. Oh yeah. On Thursday every it was like the, the third Thursday of every month or something yep. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I went to uh, a handful of those with Will um, early on. Like when we, um, they used to pack the place, man. It was pretty easy to pack well, the place. Well, true, it was back <laughs> but, then. But um, yeah, that that building was actually kind of cool in its own right. You know what I mean? It was. It felt like a little secret space. It got hotter than hell in that place. Yeah, when it was busy. You though. see the windows on the outside just fog, dripping, and steaming. Lips, yeah. You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what I'm breathing in. <laughs> You're like about to walk in. Like, should I do this? <laughs> it's like a petri dish. Oh my god. Just uh. They, um, yeah, the new beards though is super, super sweet too. Um, yeah. And they're doing a lot of music too, which is great. You know, um, I, uh, you know, they wouldn't have to, it's a nice big room. They still need some acoustic treatment and, yeah. and those guys know it. They just need to, uh, they need to get on it at some point. It's a very cool building though, the way it's all set up. With great the, with spot. The upper, upper deck and yeah. 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 Nice stage. Good system. You know, and they've been getting some pretty, uh, you know, they've been doing jazz, man. You know, Greg Vadnais. Yeah, Greg Vadnais. Yeah. Was- oh, I got a, I got a call from Greg Vadnais last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. So um, he uh, wants to do more shows. Excellent. With the whips. Excellent. So um, I'm actually going to try to get over to, to his place uh, more to just fuck around with... Uh, yeah, just drum sounds and him and I collaborating together because he has a whole studio set up at his house and he lives like um, half a block away. Oh wow! And so does Will. 
We all three live. He's like, Greg's like, uh, so where do you live? And I'm like, I live in the old red schoolhouse on Morgan. I'm your neighbor. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you live so close. You're kidding. Yeah. So I don't even think he even realized where I was at. So, wow. um, so yeah, dude, that's, I mean, yeah. And shout out to Greg Vadney, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Great percussionist. Great jazz drummer. Uh, good dude. <laughs> dude. I met Greg back in 2007 and, uh, he had just moved to the area or oh, back yeah. to the area. No, no. He's back he's to from, Michigan. Yeah. Uh, back to Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And he, um, I was hosting an open mic at the Dilworth. Oh, wow. Every Wednesday. Uh, that was like how I got my start was doing this open mic, dude. And I was horrible. I used to get, <laughs> I used to get blackout drunk. Like every time was I was shaking, I would be shaking and just pouring sweat. Like obviously on stage like it i mean to people were just like what the (laughs) fuck is and i was drinking like a monster to make up for it right and uh but one of the times greg came in and um he was like yeah i moved to the area this is uh myspace days he's like "I, i just looked up local musicians on myspace and you're one of the few people that i was like man this guy is and and that's from my first album Oh yeah, which I was just showing you before we started. Right. So it was that shit. Ah. <laughs> it was that shit. No, um, and he and he approached me, came to the open mic, and was like, "Hey man, I'm trying to meet some musicians. You seem like you know what you're doing." And I've been trying to be in a steady band with that guy since then. And uh, him and I played in a Charlie's Root Fusion together for about probably two and a half years pretty consistently oh i didn't know that yeah yeah so i was i was playing bass with greg okay and it was like i saw him then with you and i didn't yeah. know it was him yeah well we we had a ton of different people this is when you were four piece right yeah that was yeah the root fusion band. charlie smith was in that band right charlie man there there was so, there is and were so many different people in that <clears> band <throat> um some of them excuse me, some of them that were really good and some of them that we like, we just called up people. Right. You know what I mean? Like we would do like one gig with some new drummer and and that would be the audition at the gig. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Ready, go. One dude had like a fucking rack mount drum set, like huge drum set, dude. Neil Pert. And we were like, holy shit. We were playing an Indian River at that bar on the river. I forget what it's called. The Riverside. Is it Riverside? Yeah. And we were playing there. Or no, 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 not the Riverside. That's in Alanson. Sorry. Is it called like the In and Out? Not In and Out. I can't remember it. I don't know. But anyway, and this dude has this crazy fucking drum set up and he's got like spiked fucking hair and he's all fucking badass looking. And we're like, fuck yeah, this guy's going to be this shit. And it was horrible. He was, he was pretty bad. Wow. Oh, I mean, and I, and I mean like, he had the look, he had the equipment, but he just didn't have the pocket. Right. You know what I mean? And you got to play a shuffle. You got to oh, be able to play a shuffle. Oh, dude. <laughs> but, All day um, long. But yeah, man. And, and uh, so, I, so, but at one point, Charlie's Root Fusion was me on bass, Greg Vadney on drums, and Matt McAlpin from Medicinal Groove on guitar. Oh, wow. Matt is one of my favorite guitar players and I've I've taken a few lessons from Matt um in the past and we met Matt when he was like 20 years old dude fresh out of uh MI oh, wow. out in LA. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, man, he knew his fucking shit. I bet. So it was, yeah. I mean, it was like, like the rhythm section of that time was like me and Greg and Matt. And I was like, dude, this is the shit. Like these guys are like the best that we could be playing with. And, um, and everybody was in so many different projects that it just kind of got lost, but I've always wanted to do more stuff with Greg ever since then. And it was just really cool last night to get a call from him and be like, yo, like, let's like, let's collaborate. Let's get together get in the, get in my studio and just see what happens. So um, hopefully that'll develop more into the pistol whips sound. I mean, cause I mean, we're kind of in a new frontier as far as this band, you know, Will and I have been playing together for since 2013 summer of 2013 until now, 2019. And for about three of those years, we were just, I'm not going to say we, but I was just trying to survive and go through the motions kind Mm -hmm. of, it was like, I was just doing everything I could to stay sober and be alive. (laughs) And so like, I let a lot of the band slide you know, because I was just trying to take care of my life and everything. Yeah. But now things have changed drastically. I feel like for all of us, we're all older and adding you to this mix is just changing everything for Will and I, like we, you know, we feel like kids again, (laughs) kids again. And, uh, me too. Yeah, me too. But, um, and even with Greg, man, and, and we've only played with Greg, what, five times? The first time I met Greg was when we played Crooked Tree last March. Oh my, what? We have had so many, <laughs> we have so many connections with other musicians. You met Greg for the first time in person at, at Crooked Tree. That, when you said the, the gig was the audition, that's what I was thinking of, was, uh, was that night. Holy uh, shit. So, so and, and Greg has played with tons of people I know, you know, like Chris Bickley and like Ron Getz and like all these other musicians and I would always see his name and, you know, yeah. see his picture and, you know, just never. And then you said, yeah, Greg Vadney is going to play with us. I was like, wow. Okay, cool. Finally yeah. get to meet this dude. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like getting Greg to do that gig with us. I feel like it changed everything. That was, it was fun. Can and- you imagine what it would have been like without having Greg there? I, I honestly think it would have been a very different show. Like yeah. he, he brought a whole nother energy to it. I mean, and we all did. Well, and also but. because of what you do with the foot drum, you're limited. You're not, you know, you're not sitting behind a drum kit. So yeah. you don't have, you know, that, that many options as far as, you know, a bunch of cymbals, a bunch of toms, a bunch of, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing, you're holding down the fort. You're doing the groove. Exactly. You're driving, driving the bus, as I always say. Just, just the, the basic motor functions right right the the, the, pr- the primal motor the heart mo- motor functions of boom ka, boom ka, and then but you need that extra little just yeah. frosting on top and he's the frosting oh and he, he compliments you you know that's nice to have when we can have it you know well and we haven't you know we have a past of of being a rhythm section together right so you played what well together i you mean know? back in the day like we got into some really good grooves and yep. And I feel like that's just going to get even better. And, yeah, it uh, is. It is. And deeper. So, and deeper. Did you hear that, deeper Greg, if you're deeper. listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. So, 
Desert Island albums. Oh boy. Oh. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. You first. Me first. Yep. Okay. Shit. I uh, mine's. <laughs> you have to give a number. There's got to be five. It, oh, jeez. Okay. Five is pretty good. Okay. Five's. Am right. I going first? Or are you yep. going first? Go okay. Ahead. Number one, without a doubt, Stone Temple Pilots. We were just talking about this. Purple. Yep. That album was the first um, introduction to rock and roll that was new at the time. I was so when Purple came out, I lived in St. Clair Shores. I was about eight years old, and my sisters loved Scott Weiland. Oh yeah, and and SDP in general. They they liked a bunch of stuff, but for some reason, I remember seeing Scott Weiland. I remember seeing an advertisement for core like for the album to buy like i remember seeing it it had the stp icon and i saw this dude with a shaved head and pink hair and i was like who the fuck is that <laughs> i mean i didn't say that and um i remember my my sisters had that cassette they had purple on cassette and interstate love song had come out and it was the number one song yep. for Four weeks, I believe, yeah. in the summer of 1994. That sounds right. I could be wrong, but... I'm, Either 94 or 95. Yeah, could be. I think 95 is when they came out with uh, Dancing Days, oh. which was for the uh, Zeppelin tribute, because that got some airplay. But that happened when I moved up north. Okay. So I started a whole new life up here. Right. City kid. City kid. City kid in the wild... <laughs> North, East, West, the whatever. Um, but yeah, I remember asking my sisters, it was right before we moved actually. And I remember I had a talk boy. Oh yeah. You remember those? I do remember yeah. those. So I just gotten a talk boy that Christmas and that's how I listened to cassettes was on my talk boy and I would record crazy shit onto it. And I was like, can you record? And I, and See, my parents were musicians and I was raised in a house of music, but at the same time, I also thought it was wrong for me to like that kind of music because my parents always played old school country, mm -hmm. you know, David Allen Coe, Johnny Cash, all that kind of shit. And I thought this was wrong. I felt bad. It's like, it's like when you first... <laughs> When, when you first start discovering sex as a right. child and you're like, oh no, like... <laughs> oh, I'm going to hell. I'm, yeah. I'm going to hell. And so I remember asking my sister in private, my older sister, Lisa, and I'm like, can you make a tape of that band with the guy with the pink hair? So I had a cassette tape that had... Um, it started with Vaseline into uh, Interstate Love Song and Big Empty. Oh, sweet. And I listened to those three songs at eight or nine years old over and over and Probably over. Probably thousands and over of times. Over. Yeah. I know that album so well that there's things within certain songs that I hear, little weird things, like recording things, things that I think are almost mistakes that I will be like, okay, like all my friends, you know, throughout high school, I'd be like, okay, listen to the song. Listen right there. Do you hear that? And they And it pans from left to right in the headphones like you can hear it and everyone's like nah man I don't know what you're talking about that album to me though has always been the like I compare every other recording to that because of the flow of the album even 
if you listen to Purple, the flow of the entire album, you know, it starts off with Meat Plow. Boom, 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 and just kicks hard. Vaseline, Lounge Fly, Interstate Love Song, you've got the pop song. Five, which is um, Still Remains, right, I think. I'm not sure. But anyway, just like the way it segues, and then you got Pretty Penny in the Middle, which is like the acoustic song, followed by the heaviest fucking song STP has ever done, which all fans agree, Silver Gun Superman is probably one of their best and underrated songs ever. And, you know, just the flow of the... And then you got the B-sides at the near the end of the album, like Unglued. It yeah. just has this perfect fucking wave. It's a rhythm to the album. It really yeah. is, man. And and dynamics. And we grew up in a time, and even I, I, I'm at the very cusp of that, of being able to listen to an album all the way through and appreciate the entirety of it. That's you know a collection. What I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, okay, so that's number one. All right, number one. <laughs> number two, Cake Fashion Nugget. Ah, <laughs> I love those guys, Andrew. Edwa Gishik and I <laughs> listen to that album at work on repeat every day. Oh, really? Every single day at work, dude. That's awesome. We and I don't and I and I, I'm not kidding when I say every day we hit play on that all day long until finally one of I'm like I just we just got to listen to something else because <laughs> we because everybody else is here listening to the same you know you can only hear Frank Sinatra so many times as a you know in, yeah. innocent bystander before you're like what the fuck are we like dude this dude is so monotone yeah uh, anyway number two cake fashion nugget number three oh man see it gets sticky man oh god there's so many. There's I don't know. a lot of good ones. Maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. It's a rabbit hole. That's it. I only have two. Fuck it. I don't okay. give a shit. <laughs> well, fuck you. Now I'm going to only come up with two. Uh, my, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, if I had to do one, God. Dude, fuck it. You're on a desert island. You have one option. Yeah. What is it? One option. What's the album that got oh. you started? That oh, got you, know you into it? The Beatles revolver. Okay. And that's old yeah. school. You know, mm -hmm. that was an inherited album from the uncles. Um, I had that and I had let it be. Uh, those are the first two and they were radically different albums, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, Beatles revolver would be one. Um, Steely Dan, Asia. That's one of the, it's, that's my reference recording for when I record and I'm, you know, mixing something. That is my reference that I yeah. listen to, to, yep. to as my example of something that is super pure and clean. Yeah. Uh, just a brilliant recording, man. Aside from the playing, which is amazing too. But, um, uh, and, oh man. And this is a huge leap. Uh, Zappa, yeah. a live album with Captain Beefheart uh, called uh, uh, Bongo Fury. I've never heard recorded it. Recorded in Austin, Texas in like the 70s. And it's it's brilliant. Terry Bazio is on the drums, man. Yeah. I he know was him. killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the keyboards. Uh, George Duke was on the keyboards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played with Sting. Yeah. Uh, there's some great albums with that. Yeah. George Duke was on the keyboards on that album. That That's a great. Uh, the, the song Muffin Man has the best guitar solo of all time, in my opinion. And it beats Hendrix. It beats like, it's just this shredding, killer 
distorted tone on that SG that he used to play. It is, and it's like an eight minute song and it's mostly guitar solo and it's fucking amazing. I love it. Fuck yeah. Uh, and then I have to put this in perspective, Fear of a Black Planet, man, uh, by Public Enemy. Oh, damn. And that's like... Oh, P.K.O. keeping it fucking real, dude. That's, uh, you know, I, I always tout this album as being, to me, one of the best examples of hip-hop and the type of hip-hop that I like. And there's not that... After, after that period, it got weird with gangster, East Coast, West Coast shit, and, you know, and I, I was not down with a lot of that stuff. I mean, wasn't that wasn't part of that, like, kind of produced by the record labels? Oh, totally. It industry. was all about PR. You know, you know? they were all... Pushing then, that as well. But people, <laughs> shit got real when people started dying, though, you yeah. know? So, but Fear of a Black Planet was just so, if you, technologically, it's, we're recording on a, on a computer right now, yeah. you know? And it's so easy to like do loops and samples and stuff like that and, and to manipulate the sound. And these guys were working with fucking cassettes. Yeah. <laughs> and with vinyl and yeah, really dude. imperfect sound sources and mediums. And, if you listen to that record, man, and all of the arrangements and stuff, it's it's so complex and it's it's so perfect in its imperfections. It's just really brilliant. The artistry that goes into being a DJ, yeah, or you know a- any of that, man. Taking samples like is uh, people think that it's super easy, but yeah. it's its own art form. Yep, it is. How many is that? That's two, a three, four. Oh, I got four. I think I got to add another one. Okay. Bad hair day, weird Al. <laughs> yeah. Ah. That one. That was actually the first album I ever bought with my own money. Wow. But uh, yeah, bad hair day. That's a great one. Wow. He does the alternative polka in that one, which is all grunge alternatives uh, stuff from the nineties, mashed up into one super medley. Wow. I I I haven't listened to that album at all. I don't think I probably heard Weird Al has tunes. A, I mean, like Weird Al in 3D. That's a great one. Uh, the Food Album. Oh my god! Oh, the yeah, Food yeah. Album is another great one. Yeah, I've I, heard I've heard a lot of that. Yeah, even worse, which was the uh, the call and response to Bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> even, Fat. Even yeah. worse, and yeah, I think I'm not sure. I think Fat was on that. But I think Fat was also on the Food album because I feel like the Food album was like a compilation of all the food songs, uh, and then also a couple like extra recorded ones or something. Here's a little known Pete Kehoe fact: okay. I I actually engineered a recording session with Al Yankovic's dad, Frankie Yankovic. He's the polka king. That's not his dad. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. I swear to God. No. Frankie Yankovic is Al's dad. Why the fuck do, do you think he plays accordion? Oh, no, dude, it's not. It is, it is. We gonna, are we going to Google this? We got to Google this. All dude. right, I'm Googling it right now. I'm, I'm Googling it too. You know what? I'm just telling... Oh, because you're not going to believe my ass? That's <laughs> yeah. why? I'm fucking... No, seriously. I'm serious, bro. <laughs> okay, who can do it faster? <laughs> and I, this was in a... Uh, a recording is studio Frank in Mount Pleasant. Yankovic related to Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, come on. Got to get that voice to text, son. Oh, he's not. He's not, because I know Dude. this. Dude. Okay. The, the, the two have collaborated, though. Yeah, because 
Weird Al's parents um, are dead. You actually. would know more because you're a super fan <laughs> anyway, am. right? I should have trusted No, that. dude, Weird Al's parents actually fucking died um, from carbon monoxide poisoning in their home. His mother Whoa. and father died at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he was uh, on tour when oh. it happened. He, I, I, I think he was out of the country even. Oh, my God. And he got the news, and he went on stage and still performed. Wow. And, uh, that's a professional dude. The, I mean, the dude has never drank or done drugs or smoked. Have you seen how he looks as of late? He, <laughs> no. he looks the same. Really? Yeah. His hair got a little bit straighter. Hmm. <laughs> not, not as fluffy and, and froey, but yeah, well. I love weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the first songs I wrote were parodies of, Weird Al songs. So a parody of a parody. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Which we can dive into some other time. <laughs> that I, l- I would like to hear one of those one of these days. Uh, boy, I my fifth would have to be, and now, and once I get to five, I'm going like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't plan any of this shit either. The first album, you said the first album you bought, the first album I ever paid money for was the Chicago's first record. It was a, the Chicago Transit Authority, and it had, does anybody really know what time it is, was okay. on that. Nice. And like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did a cover of I'm a Man, uh, the Steve Winwood number, and then they... Uh, there's some really crazy experimental stuff on that album. Uh, it's a two, double album set. So refresh my memory on Chicago because I'm I'm not a huge Chicago person. But Peter Cetera was he the original or was he the replacement? Nope, he was the original. He and was their he, bass. He's a kick-ass bass player, dude. And he's got a very recognizable voice. Yes, he he's does. He's the voice of the '80s, along with. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Caddyshack, man. What's yeah. his name? Oh, Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Kenny yeah. Loggins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, they never mended their fence after, you know, David Foster picked him out of the band to, like, you know, do the solo things. I think it was the Karate Kid was the first one, right? I uh, mean, that that's what I know him best He for. started doing, t- yeah, that's he started doing TV or movie soundtrack, t- you know, tunes and uh, hugely successful. Yeah. And, but no, you should hear him. I mean, he's... Like, I'm a man. They trade off verses. They had three singers in that band. The keyboard player, Bob Lamb, and uh, and Terry Kath, their guitar player, and uh, Pete Cetera. And they were great vocalists, all of them. Terry Kath sounded like fucking Ray Charles, man. Dude, I, I mean, feel like all the fucking great bands from like the 70s, 80s. Everybody 60s, sang. 70s, 80s. Everybody could sing. Yeah. Everybody fucking did three, four-part harmonies. Yep. And they all sung like birds. And they and, could all play multiple instruments, a lot of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Times have changed. Well, not for this band. <laughs> we actually are all multi-instrumentalists. Will doesn't sing, or I haven't heard him sing. I think he can. I think he just... He's got a great ear. I'm sure he'd be able to. I mean, he's kind of the melody master. He is. I don't know why he... I tell uh, people he's a melodic savant. He really is, man. He really is. Honestly. I wish he were here. Me too. <laughs> Me too. But... um, He'll be here next time. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll love. Obviously, we'll love. Obviously, that, that, we'll that's love. The- <laughs> that's a great uh, hashtag oh slash t-shirt idea. Yeah. Well, he changed his, uh, his uh, profile to obviously will. Oh, love. did he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. <laughs> so now it's just like obviously. Like every time we say something, it's like yeah, obviously, man. <laughs> uh, well, 
I don't know, man. What do you think? You want to wrap this up? Yeah, we probably should. We've been going on for a while. All right. Well, um, you know, this is going to be the first of many. And the goal of this podcast, you know, we're working musicians that are caught between passion and, you know, the economy. Economics, yeah. <laughs> and so it's pretty hard to be driven all the time to do the thing that you feel like you're meant to do. And it's hard to completely commit yourself to your craft when you have, you know, all the other thing, all the other pressures of everyday life, all the little circumstances that will pop up, you know, like, especially for me as like a father and, and a father and artist and someone that's just like trying to survive (laughs) every day. And, it gets hard. It gets bleak. And I feel like I'm finally at a point where I am ready to truly commit myself to art in every way. I mean, and that mean that's like a, a mindset, you know, of <coughs> I'm not going to worry about what anybody fucking thinks. And I'm going to you know, you have to, as an artist, just completely say, fuck you to the world. That goes with like what clothes you're going to wear. Yeah. You know, that goes with, you know, uh, being your real self, being your true self and putting it out there and not worrying about what anybody thinks about it. Because if you feel it and you like it, other people like you will like it mm-hmm. and they will respond to it. And Yeah. I just feel like if if we spread a message of, you know, um, commitment to whatever your craft is and seeing it through no matter what it takes, that's how, that's how people make it. I mean, and I don't mean make it big. I mean, just like make it yeah. stay alive. Cause you know, without art for me, as far as music or, or visual art, like, I don't know what I would be doing and I don't know if it would be worth doing without it. Yeah. And so our goal, my goal is like for us to keep exploring this. And right now it's just you and I, and, and I feel like this has been pretty good, but like, I'm really excited to get some other people in here and get some fresh takes so I can learn from the people around us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can make a podcast to fucking talk about yourself or you can make a podcast so that you can learn from everyone around you. And I don't know a fucking thing. Like, I'm going to be clear about this. (laughs) I don't know a goddamn thing about anything other than the few things that I know, which is, which I'm, I'm still learning, like who the fuck I am, uh, my role in society and on earth and I need to be learning from everybody that I can, including you. Like you are the person that I should be learning from the most right now based on your wisdom, based on the fact, I mean, I don't mean because you're old, but, I you're, am. but you're fucking old I am. and I'm fucking old too. Yeah, I am in somebody's eyes. It's all about perspective. It's right? all about perspective. But I just, man, I really need to to learn some new perspectives. I need to learn from you. I need to learn from all the local artists, musicians, writers, singers, songwriters, painters, yep. 
I need to fucking absorb as much of this as I can so that I can learn how to do the thing that I love best and how to commit fully to repping my fucking set. Yep. Agreed. That's a good ending right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Eric Jakeway, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Kehoe, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, the man, the myth, the local legend. The local legend. And this has been great, man. Um, This has been great. And let's do it again. We will. Soon. Um, You can follow us, uh, the Pistol Whips, on Instagram. It's the Pistol Whips that has the underscores in the name. The other Pistol Whips, P-I-S-T-I-L, is still us, but it has been lost to the void (laughs) of the internet. Uh, based on the fact that I can't get into my old email, uh, ericjakeway at gmail.com. And Google keeps telling me that I do not own that account. I've tried probably oh. 10 times over the last two and a half years. So I have a whole nother page on like uh, Instagram, or not Instagram, but like on YouTube, for example, uh, that I have a bunch of videos on that I have no access to. Oh, bummer. And that is tied in the old, on Instagram, the pistol whips that has no underscores is tied in with that. So I don't really know what to fucking uh, do about it and whatever. And, uh, will started the one with the underscores. So follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Wow. That is crazy. Sorry, dude. <laughs> so your phone is connected into the, to the computer. Oh. So if I leave it upstairs, I know when I get phone calls. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. <laughs> who was it? <laughs> that was Jamie Seal, who runs a singer-songwriter workshop up in the UP every summer. So can we have phone calls on that and it record right into here? I'm not sure. I know oh. it, it just the ring. It's just the alerts. Oh, okay. Well, we got to figure out if we can take calls. Uh, there is a device, actually. I was looking at getting one. We, oh man, that might be fun. That would be fun. If we can take calls live. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks, uh... For anybody that has listened to this podcast, rep your set. And um, yeah, follow us, follow Pete. And uh, like I said, we have, you know, all the dates are at the beginning. We hope to see you guys out of the show. We do have a live album coming out very, very soon. Uh, We do have um, a demo of the live album that we have at the shows that we are playing at. And it's uh, donation-based. If you want to get a CD, you can pay whatever you want for a CD. And we appreciate all the help uh, that we get from you guys. And uh, we will be having more merch. We need to get more merch, too. Yeah, we're working on merch right now, too. We're, dude, we're out of hats and shirts and stickers right now. But we will be getting more and because people have been asking me about it. Actually, somebody just texted me this morning yeah. about getting a shirt for somebody. Well, this so. is just the beginning, you know? This, yeah. is, this is a new... Uh, this is a phoenix. A new chapter. Phoenix yes. rising. From the ashes. That's right. Uh, Eric Jakeway. Pete Kehoe. We're signing off. Thanks, guys. Rep your fucking set. Peace.